If nothing beats a great pair of legs, then nothing can beat MileHighRadio.com. many roads must a man walk down before thank you for being a friend travel down a road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant and good morning good morning Morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. I hope everyone had a fabulous holiday. Um, for those of you listening live, it is the last Monday of 2013. So we are going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. And with me today is somebody who is one of my most, most favoritest peeps in the world. And that's Jane Dvorak. Jane, are you there? Oh, no, we have dead air. Um, the, I'm going to have uh, Jane call in on the regular phone line. And um, as, in the meantime, I'm going to give you her bio. Oh, look, now we have a dial tone. Um, so, oh, wait. I think Jane, Jane's actually Jane. on. Yeah, Jane, Jane stop. Jane, I hear you. Stop, stop calling Jane and talk. <laughs> Let me type to her real quick. Jane, we can hear you. Jane, we hear you. We hear you. Hmm. Okay. I love technology. Well, you know, it's like it's the first Monday of the year as opposed to the last Monday of the year. Jane, um, okay, are you there? Now, do we have Jane? We, we have, have Jane. Jane. We have an echo, Jane. Can you hang up your Skype call? Because you actually are still connected that way. Oh, my goodness. Why can't I, I hear know. you? But yes, I can hang it up. Okay. Cool. So I'm going to now give Jane's bio, and she dismissed me saying that she's one of my absolute fabulous peeps in the world, so I'll say it again. Um, but anyhow, Jane's clients especially seek her for strategic planning, community relations, and messaging skills. Since 1989, which she started that when she was two, we all know that, <clears throat> JDK and company has driven communication programs in industries from healthcare to agriculture. Her clients include Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. Rocky Mountain Agribusiness Association, Alpine Orthopedics, Speed of Love Healing Center, and Casa of Jeffco, Gilpin Counties. She coins herself a consult lancer. We'll have her describe that a little bit more. Whether providing ongoing counsel or filling a project need, Jane brings a strategic approach to give clients greater depth and higher return on their efforts. She brings 30 years of experience, see I told you she started when she was two, to help organizations give new focus, gain new focus and direction through integrated communications with energy, creativity and impact. Jane is an accredited member of the Public Relations Society of America and was inducted into the College of Fellows in 2010. She is a 2011 Silver Anvil winner and is a past member of the PRSA National and PRSA Foundation Boards. She is a Swede Johnson Lifetime Achievement winner a PRSA Mentor of the Year Award recipient. She's a past PRSA Western District Chair and a Colorado Chapter President. She graduated from Colorado State University and now lives in Lakewood, Colorado. And I tell you, folks, Jane is actually being very modest with her list of accomplishments because if I read all of them that she has on her website, it would take the entire hour because she really is that good and that fabulous. So welcome, Jane. Thank you. I'm excited. What a great way to start the last Monday of the year. I know, I know, you know, and, and Jane is one of those people who, when I started, actually she's probably one of the few people that when I started my career in public relations back in blah, 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 blah um, she when took me five. under her wing. Yes, when I was five, you know, and, and so she was six and I was five. And, um, you know, she took me under her wing and really helped me to see what public relations is and how to benefit clients. Um, I believe that we worked together. Jane was a volunteer and I was staff at the American Cancer Society. Yeah, and that, that was, is a you long know, time ago. 
Please. Way back when we used typewriters and when we sent out press releases, they went out in the mail and we, and we had a printed picture. I know. You know, now we have all of this very cool technology. But, you know, Jane, you're actually the first guest that I have had on that really focuses on public relations. So let's start, you know, and we're going to get into New Year's resolutions and all that pretty soon. But start by telling people just exactly what public relations is. Well, there are, there are a multitude of definitions out there, but, but the one that I stand by is that, um, is, is the one that the Public Relations Society of America uses. And, and the reason I, I like that definition is, um, because it really employs the strategic part of what we do. And, and that definition is public relations is a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and their publics. And I, I really think that strategic part um, in the nature of how we bring organizations, target audiences, and markets together is really what public relations is all about. It's a really um, it's a conduit. It's a right. it's a function of business that allows us to bring dynamic audiences together mm-hmm. for an end goal for something, whether that's to sell widgets or to implement programs or to serve other individuals in our community. So um, I really like that because of the strategic part of what we do. It, it's much more than a news release, and it uh, needs to be based on looking at across an organization uh, and in your uh, communication efforts and how you're going to make that work in a profitable way for you mm-hmm. or in a positive impact if you're in the nonprofit sector it may not always be profit driven but right we're always looking for to have a positive end result mm-hmm. and so um, when you employ strategy to all of that i think you can have some pretty dynamic results especially when marketing public relations um, and sales come together there's a dynamic mm-hmm. point there that um, really is when magical things begin to happen right you know and and I think one of the mistakes that people have made, especially in the last couple of years, is almost assuming that public relations has gone away. You know, they say, oh, well, I can just, you know, I can tweet to a reporter or I can post it on Facebook and they'll see it. And granted, that is one way to reach them, but that's that leaves out that <clears throat> strategic thing that you just mentioned mm-hmm. because it's all about building relationships and, and reaching out to the right media. You know, I remember one time when I had a client that hired us because they had had their internal staff send out uh, press releases and, you know, bless their little hearts. See, I live in the South now. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't know what they were doing. And so they sent their sales press releases to their favorite sports reporter because they really didn't know how public relations functioned. And then when they got no results, they were very frustrated. And so they came to us and we said, well, you know, it's all about, first of all, connecting with the right reporters with the right story and, and providing all of that information to them that they need in an appropriate time and, you know, manner and, and all of those things. Sure. And I, I think public relations, we often think about it just in terms of media relations or just in terms of public, uh, publicity, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's really much broader than that. Right. And that's where the relationship part comes into it. it. It can be community relations where you're focusing very specifically on engagement with your community and the not and that community means maybe the physical presence of the community where mm-hmm. your business is located and maybe your industry community where you become a leader or a thought um, driver or, or things like that it, it there's a whole gamut it might be unfortunately sometimes crisis communication right mm-hmm. um, which when you don't have strategy there you're in you're in real deep trouble because if your messaging isn't on key you're going to run into some some real issues over the long haul of trying to um, come out of that without any too deep a wounds <laughs> of trying to mm-hmm. be healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think when we, we look at public relations, to look at it much broader, and I do think you're right, in our fast and rapid digital world, everyone thinks social media is the new public relations, when in actuality it's one of the new tools right. in our profession. Mm-hmm. And so how we leverage those tools to the best of our ability to reach those target markets and audiences, I think that's where that relationship building comes in. And social media gives us a great opportunity to really engage with our target markets in a very different way than we ever have been able to in the past. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that will continue to evolve and continue to change as we see it. But um, 
looking at how those things all come together, I think, is what makes the difference. And and looking at the ways that you can really build a long-lasting relationship, and that's what public relations is based on, is those relationships, Mm -hmm. Uh, and whether that be through the media, whether that be through your community, whether that be through your industry, I like to call that industry relations, a lot of um, work on maybe advocacy or um, industry expertise and those kinds of things, thought leaders and those issues that are happening out in the world Mm -hmm. um, within your specific industry, but looking at those key components as a means of how it all comes together um, in one cohesive, pre-planned, and there's that infamous strategic, I'll probably say that a hundred times um, <laughs> in the next hour, but um, I really do believe that when when you're strategic, you know, good things happen because you have a plan, right? and those plans help guide and direct and um, give you consistency and Hopefully, a little bit of energy and lots of impact mm-hmm. when we're done. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned something in there that is so key. So many people think that social media is a standalone tool, and it's not. It is part of your marketing efforts. It's part of your social media efforts. And so people who are using social media are actually doing public relations, and they just don't realize it. Um, right. You know, and and so they might not be doing it in a way that benefits them the best. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say they're doing it wrong, because, you know, while there are certainly ways where we would say, oh, I do that a little different, there are definitely ways where I think that they can use the tools to, to do better. Um you know, and, and it's funny how social media has evolved. I remember this was, I was back in, in Denver when I had one of the, the major, um, news desk editors at one of the TV stations out there tell us that if we wanted to pitch a story to, to that station, we had to do it on Twitter. Because if we couldn't do it in 120 characters, we couldn't do it at all. And, you know, to me, 120 characters is just way too short to do anything. But, you know, she had a point because, you know, long gone were the days when we could pitch a story and work the story and really, you know, spend a lot of time. And that's simply because they have so much coming in. You know, it's not that they don't think what we're doing is valuable or interesting, but you know, where you used to get maybe 20 state stories pitched to you in a day, sometimes they get 20 in 20 minutes, you know, and, and mm-hmm. hundreds in a day. And so their point really was you have to be short and sweet. Now, did you have to do it on Twitter? Eh, probably not, but they really were trying to get across the point that you had to do it really short. Well, and I think that anything that we do in, in this world, whatever it is, whether it's public relations, social media, whether it's marketing, I think we are so inundated with messages in these mm-hmm. days. I, I don't know, a few studies, I don't know, a couple of years ago or so noted that we're, we're seeing anywhere from 3,000 to 5,000 messages in a day. Right. And, and that's everything from billboards to your radio ads to your Facebook tweets and posts and all the things that are happening in, a, in the digital world in addition to what's happening in the traditional media mm-hmm. world. Uh, and then what people tell you and what you see in a magazine and read in the paper and all of those kinds of things. If you're still reading your newspaper, I do do that. I do um, too. <laughs> uh, it, it, there's just something about holding a book and, mm-hmm. and turning the pages of mm-hmm. newsprint and getting your fingers all black. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. But um, I, I think that as we're more inundated, people – we need it. We want it, and I think um, the digital natives that are growing up um, are used to on demand. Right. And um, I guess thank you Comcast for that. But um, at the <laughs> same time, <laughs> at the same time, that means that we want it short, sweet, and quick um, because we need to move on to the next message, which is going to be flashing before us um, mm-hmm. in rapid fire. So, looking at how how and when you're in that mix. How can you separate yourself from 3,000 things that the brain's trying to process, file, store, and and maybe recall? So mm-hmm. I think as we look into where communications is going, public relations is going, um, and and I tie that all into marketing and advertising and sales and all of that mm-hmm. come into play there. I think we really need to look at how we're using those tools yes. and how best can we develop those relationships because if you don't have a relationship, they're not going to tune in to the longer stream of what you have mm-hmm. to do. They're, so when we combine direct mail with, I know there is still direct mail and it's still effective. 
Um, but it, when you're combining that with some Facebook posts that cross-reference and cross-market, I think we have a better opportunity of reaching um, our target audiences and right. having some sort mm-hmm. of impact as opposed to where we might have been, oh, even five years ago or right. so mm-hmm. with, with what was sexy in right. the digital world. You know, and it comes back to that premise that we learned, you know, long ago when we actually studied marketing in college that said that you had to see a message, you know, X number of times. And I think at one point it was, you know, something like 11 times, you know, seven times, 11 times, whatever, before you would take an action on it. And now it's probably you have to see it 50, 60 times. But, um, yeah, you know, and, and so it's all about getting that message out there in multiple ways. And, you know, like you said, it's a direct mail piece. Then it's an email blast. Then it's a couple posts on social media. Then it's, you know, maybe it's a, a phone call to somebody or, you know, it, it, it is uh, seeing a story in the newspaper or on television or on the radio about it before somebody decides, Hey, that's, you know, a, a product or service that I want to use. Well, and I think um, we've we've lost the finer art that actually people do just want to be talked to, right? And and whatever method that might be, it might be in social media, it might mm-hmm. be through a direct mail piece, it it very well could be through a, a newspaper article, but the reality is is that we are still a very tactile, we are still mm-hmm. a very engaging society, right. mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mammal that um, we like that interaction. And mm-hmm. so I, what I would hope is that whatever people do in their communications efforts, one, that it's a, it's a very diverse mix because I think you need that to reach very diverse markets. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, that they understand that at some point you really do need to have a conversation to build a relationship. People need to know you to trust you. You need, they need to know you to, for you to have credibility. They need mm-hmm. to know you to, understand that you have leadership qualities or that you are the person to follow or those kinds of things. And I, I don't think that happens, quite honestly, in 120 characters or 140. No. Mm-hmm. So um, when when you look at that, if that's one of the ways that you're building your relationship and it's one of the ways that you have um, FaceTime or presence, I think then, you know, you can mix that mix in and be very effective but i to make it a sole standalone option i i think people are miss will ultimately miss the boat they'll fall off the radar unless right. they're incredibly engaging but well and i always cringe when somebody tells me that they're only going to have a facebook page or they're oh. only going to have a website or they're only you know because it is a mix you know people have all of these different methods that they read, that they write, you know, that they see. Um, you know, obviously billboards still work or we wouldn't still have billboards. Uh, one of the things that, that I always laugh at, and of course I see these posts on Facebook that I'm laughing at them, is when the, the phone books are delivered to somebody's house and they're like, really? Right. Well, you know, clearly but they would still be they're good to stand on to reach up into the closet. <clears throat> yes, yes, you know, or when you've got the little three-year-olds who've come for Christmas, they make a good booster seat. But, you know, excuse me. And and here in Atlanta, we actually got an option as to whether to get them or not. And and I declined. But, you know, they are clearly still working because they're selling that advertising dollars, Um, you know, and, and there are, you know, I think that's where people miss the boat is they forget that there are people of a certain generation, shall we say, that they don't go to the Internet to research a, sure. a plumber. You know, and, and we'll get back into talking more about plumbing because that's one of your clients. Yeah, but they want to see true. an ad in the phone book, you know, and, and they want to see, you know, that that little thing there. And then if there's a website, they might go to that. But most of the time they're not. They are just going to call that number that they find in the phone book. They are, and and to that to your point, I mean, my client Apple Plumbing Heating Electric, they can absolutely to the tenth customer tell you where they come from. Right. Whether that's from a specific um, phone book, whether that's from huh. a specific billboard, whether that's from a specific direct mail piece, or whether that's from some of the activities that I help them with from their community perspective. So, it, it's being very. Um, Militant, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, I don't know how great a word that is, but it, but really being that diligent, probably mm-hmm. rather than militant, mm-hmm. diligent, being so diligent in your measurement and understanding that measurement is the key to your success in in your efforts over right. the long haul, mm-hmm. because you can come back and you can evaluate, 
And we can all evaluate on what we win and what we lose. I mean, the, the, that's the number one way that most people evaluate. I generally don't evaluate that way. Mm-hmm. I evaluate on how can what's next and mm-hmm. evaluate for future planning and for future opportunity. So when you when you look at it, we can all high five around the office when we have a great win or we you know meet quotas or um, we blow something out of the box that we hadn't anticipated. Those are all great wins, and we can beat ourselves up when we don't meet those fundraising goals or expectations and things like that. But more importantly, how did we me- how do we measure that from a context of why did that happen? And mm-hmm. you really ask that question. Ask why. Right. Why was it because we didn't get our mailing out soon enough? Was it because we didn't have enough volunteers? Was it because we didn't invest enough money in the campaign? Was it what? Why did all of why did the end result happen? Whether it's a win or a loss, because if it's mm-hmm. a win, you want to replicate it. If it's a loss, you either want to correct it or cut your losses and move on to something right. different. And that right. that's a beautiful thing that, that Applewood does is that they really look and measure. Uh, their measurement is crazy over the top. But it's a beautiful thing because we can very easily measure where we're having success mm-hmm. and where we want to replicate that. And and that's right. where I think they've really taken their communications efforts and, and said, we're having an impact here. We want to continue doing that. And here's how now we can take that one step further. Or here's how we can expand it and broaden it. Um, and, and those are – measurement is a tricky thing in business because it's expensive and mm-hmm. it's time-consuming. Um, but at the same time, if you can show where your dollars are coming from, where your widgets are being sold, how your programs are being accessed, I think that investment pays off tenfold in the right. long run. Right, because then you figure out, oh, that didn't work. And as you said, you figure out, okay, do we need to, to adjust that or maybe make it go away? Um, you right. know, and, and so I think that's probably one of the first New Year's resolutions that we want people to have is they need to measure where measure. people are coming from. Um, you know, and, and there's, you know, obviously on, there's Google Analytics, which you can use mm-hmm. for your website and, and various things like that. One of the cool things that I have discovered, um, through Google is, uh, Google phone numbers because I have a, a Google phone number that is my Atlanta number. It's a free service through Google. You just have to have a Gmail account. And the really cool thing is you can have as many of those as you want. So maybe you do a direct mail campaign where you refer to that specific phone number. number. So then if people call that, hello, you know that's that they got their information through the direct mail piece. Um you know, and, and so there's a lot of ways to measure because then you can figure out what works, what didn't work, what needs tweaked. You know, if something was phenomenal, it might not mean you need to repeat it. Um, you know, that is part of the measuring too is, you know, what, why did it, why was it phenomenal? You know, maybe Applewood did a big mailing that went out and then, Mother Nature helped and had a bunch of frozen mm-hmm. pipes. You know, so you have to look <laughs> at all of those pipes. other, yeah, yeah, you know, and so you have to look at other things besides just, you know, what happened. You have to look at, at the world around you. You know, I've sent out, uh, public relations things that we just knew were gonna, you know, things, be things that got knocked out of the park. And then, you know, some, some world tragedy happened or, um, you know, some things like that. I remember, and this was, was back when you and I were both, uh, helping the American Cancer Society. We had this fabulous event. One of the television stations in Denver had promoted it and promoted it and promoted it. And we just knew it was going to be terrific. And the day of the event, we had no camera. We had no reporter. We had no nothing. And people yelled at us. Because, you know, they had expected that. Well, there was this little thing called the Gulf War that broke out that day. And so, you know, things things had to be adjusted. And and I think that's where people need to really take a step back and think about what worked, what didn't work, and why. Um, because it might have been a great plan, but the world conspired against you. So you can do it again. Yeah, and I, I think oftentimes, too, that we don't stick to our plan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, that would be another New Year's resolution. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not only to measure, but have a plan and stick to that plan. There may mm-hmm. be opportunities to seize the moment uh, and and capitalize on an opportunity that presents itself. But if you don't have a plan, you're continually running after those what appear to be opportunities mm-hmm. that are not contributing to your overall Right. Effort to whatever it is, sell widgets again, increase programs or access, and so mm-hmm. depending upon what your business is, 
if you don't have a plan, you're going to be running amok. And sometimes you're going to be lucky and it's going to mm-hmm. come out a golden, you know, golden egg, golden winner. Right. And other times it's not. And you're not going to be able to assess why that is because there was, there's no strategic plan. Mm-hmm. There's no strategic process behind it. And, and when we have a plan and opportunities present themselves, you now have a matrix or an opportunity to sit down and say, how does this fit into our plan? Right. Does it mm-hmm. fit? It may not fit. It may mm-hmm. look amazing. Mm-hmm. It may potentially be, hmm, we want to ponder that. It may also be, we just need to put that on the shelf for next year because it's mm-hmm. really not going to contribute to the path that we're going down right. for this year. And so there again comes into that asking why question. Why why are we doing this event? Is it because it's nice? Is it because we're trying to increase, you know, relationships with a certain demographic? Is it what it what is the why? And especially mm-hmm. if you're adding new things into the process, you need to really be critical of whether or not that makes sense to do that at that place and mm-hmm. time. Right. Um and making sure that it fits over into the long haul. Because once you start going down side roads and you get on off ramps, it's tough to get back on the highway. Right. And then you lose momentum, you generally lose audience reach, all of those kinds of things that generally in the end impact us in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to me, it's funny, networking falls in this same category. Um, you know, we might hear about a new great group that has formed or, you know, somebody invited us as a guest to something. And, you know, we think, oh, that, that's great. But is it in your target market? You know, is it people who would pay for your product or your service? You know, it might be a fabulous group of people, but if they're not going to use your product or service, your time might best be used elsewhere. Now, you know, it, it all depends on the group. You know, there are groups that you attend because you, you, it's just good. You know, you want to go and you want to see those sure. people, you know, or they might have fabulous speakers, but you don't want to spend all your time going to those things as a business person that aren't going to benefit your bottom line. And that's, I think, sometimes where so many people get lost because there's tons of networking things out there. And and so they go, ooh, this is the latest and greatest. So we're going to go here. Oh, no, we're going to go here. Oh, oh, you know, and then pretty yeah. soon they forgot that the best place they went, they haven't been to in months. And those people don't even remember that they existed. Exactly. And I, I, that comes back to those relationships again and, and building those. It's just another way that we're building. I think uh, networking is becoming a lost art, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. People mm-hmm. think they're networking via digital means, which I think they're connecting. I don't know if they're right. necessarily mm-hmm. networking. Um, I also think that sometimes in that networking process, people believe that if they're if they're going into it with a without a personal passion, Mm-hmm. That they're doing it for a business-related reason. Mm-hmm. That it that it's less. Um, I don't know what the word is. Um, less redeeming, and, right. and so mm-hmm. I think it's okay to be a volunteer for a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to be part of a professional association with business agendas. As your those are your hidden agendas mm-hmm. when you go in there. You're going to try and connect with people who can get you more business. You're going to. Mm-hmm try and connect with, with vendors or potential um, partners that can either provide you services or reduce your costs and operations and things like that. I, I don't think that's necessarily such a bad thing. Um, I am a good example of that. I mean, I've, I love kids. That's my, you know, passion and mm-hmm. um, looking at young professionals and those kinds of things. So very often I volunteer for those kinds of organizations. I also look at the organizations and say, which ones of these can potentially help me from a business perspective? Mm-hmm. And can I get connected with some business people that I think I can provide some good services to? So um, it's not that it isn't doesn't meet with your passions. And sometimes your passions can turn into helping your business, too. I mean, that's I do a lot of work for CASA of Jefferson and Gilpin Counties, and that's certainly just a, a pure out, all in simple, good-hearted passion for me to help kids that haven't been as fortunate as, mm-hmm. as my own. Right. But, in the process, I've I've had the luxury. I think it's a luxury um, to be able to meet some really amazing people and and to connect with some amazing business people within my community and area. Mm-hmm. And so, um, from the flip side, I think it's uh, it's helped my business without that really being necessarily the goal. But 
I think sometimes business individuals don't necessarily look at those opportunities from, they look at it from a networking or an educational perspective, not necessarily how it can potentially build their business right. and, and what they're doing. So well, nonprofit people are, are probably the, the best uh, individuals at that. They know how to work a group or a crowd because <laughs> they need volunteers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, committee members, uh, board members, that kind of thing. I always tell people, you know, maybe person A isn't the person who's going to buy your product or service, but they might know people who will. So, you know, you never really want to overlook those opportunities. Um, you know, and, and, and I also totally agree with volunteering just to feel good. You know, we need that. And I think especially now because we get so caught up in, you know, our business and, and family and, and things like that. And sometimes we need to just go and volunteer and maybe it's that you go and you pet kitties once a week or, yeah. um, you know, yeah. you, you help with people who were in a flood or, you know, whatever. But, you know, because we need that. We need that kind of feel good thing. And I, you're right. I think sometimes business people think, oh, well, I'm not going to meet anybody there. Well, you know, you, you might, but you also do need those feel good things. Well, you just never know where circles, you know, spheres of influence are mm-hmm. gonna gonna ripple out. And I, I always look at those opportunities, not what they're, I, I, or at least I walk into those opportunities, not what I'm gonna get out of it, because that's mm-hmm. obviously the agenda. That's why you go. That's why you right. invest mm-hmm. time. We all have, we all have enough money and we all have enough time for whatever's important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that it, it, you prioritize that by whether or not you get some sort of return. Mm-hmm. And and that's true for business. So the question is, if I go to this and and I make the investment and I provide or give the time, um, am I going to get some sort of return? And that might be personal. Um, it might be professional. But what we don't often know when we walk into those circles is where they're going to ripple out and how very closely we are connected to people and how we can use a network that's based on personal mm-hmm. um, goals and um, benefit that can transcend into our, our professional careers right. or into mm-hmm. our business side and sector. So uh, I, I think that's where we're losing a little bit of that art of networking is having an understanding of how, um, what can I do for you as opposed to what you can do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we look at what I can do for you, in the end, though, again, that builds trust and credibility and all those things that um, businesses need as a means for building their own business and bottom lines. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have that network when you need it to pull from, right. whether that right. be from your personal side. That's especially true for all those people out there looking for jobs. Oh, yes, you know, most definitely. Auntie, Auntie Sue uh-huh. May not be the person who can hire you, but Auntie Sue knows Joe down the block who works mm-hmm. in the department you want to work right. in. So, right. um, I think we kind of lose sight sometimes in our networking, trying to be so specific in how we're trying mm-hmm. to reach out to people that we, we miss the boat. Right. Definitely. Well, we are going to take our break at the bottom of the hour. When we, when we come back, we're going to talk more about New Year's resolutions for marketing, PR, social media, um, because I have a fabulous guest with me. I am Deb Creer talking with Jane Dvorak on Mile High Radio, and we'll be back in just a couple moments. More stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Wow, she looks great. I wonder what she's doing. Don't lie, ladies. You know you want to hear your friends say this. At Dr. Benley Plastic Surgery and Skin Care Rejuvenation, Dr. Lee takes a patient-first approach to give you a natural result for the look that you're trying to achieve. It'll leave your friends wondering, I wonder what she's doing to look so great. Not only does Dr. Lee offer a full array of surgical procedures, but also a full skin care rejuvenation center for anti-aging. Call us today to book your free consult. That's right, ladies, a free consult at 303 303- Seven eight three nine 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 seven. Again, that's three zero three seven eight three nine 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 seven. And check us out at www.drbenlee.com. My- 
I gotta love Mondays. We just always have so much fun on Mondays. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. I love that music on a Monday. I know, I know. You know, I could just listen to it all day. You know, that was one of my favorite programs. And, and I love my bumper music. And I especially love my friends who are people like the fabulous Jane Dvorak. So before we go any further, Jane, tell us and everyone listening how they can connect with you. Well, they can connect with me lots of ways, actually, just just like they can with you. But um, on Skype, I'm Jane Dvorak, so they can connect with me there. On Facebook, I'm Jane Dvorak APR, and that is exactly the same for Twitter. And I also have a website, www.jkd, as in dog, J-A-N-E dot com. Um, and then the infamous phone number, 303 303- Two three eight three zero one one. Cool, cool. Well, you know, before we jump back into this, you call yourself a consult lancer. Consult a lancer. Yeah, see, I can't even <laughs> say it. So, uh, what does that right. mean? Well, well, it started out as a joke thirty years ago, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I'm just a little facetious that way. But um, back in the old days, if you were a freelancer, you just were substandard. Right. Just was, basically, were, that meant you, you couldn't were doing hold that a job. Between jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were looking for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were a consultant, well, by golly, then you must be brilliant. Yes. Uh, and there were a few people when I first started my business. I was very much more a project worker, which was much more freelance-like than mm-hmm. I was a consultant. And uh, so, I guess just as a little dig at all those hoity-toity consultants out there. Um, I called myself a consultant lancer because really what I did was project work Mm -hmm. with a consultant strategic background for people. And so that's where that little phrase came from. And I really do believe that it's over time that I've really become more of a consultant lancer than I, than I ever was in my little facetious period. But, um, it's really about giving people what they need and in a right. way that they can digest it and in mm-hmm. a way that they can implement it. And so hopefully what I do for my clients is bring to them a strategic side to their communications efforts so that they have some sort of impact on their business results. Mm-hmm. And that might be that we do a one-time event. That might be that we are doing one publication. It might be that we're managing things over a long period of time. So, and very and a number of different components. But um, so that's where Consultant Lancer came from, being just a little bit silly, uh, which is not unlike me on a regular basis, and <laughs> um, an opportunity to maybe have people think a little bit differently about where they're getting their services. Because also mm-hmm. back in the day, an independent consultant it was almost like, hmm, well, if you don't have a big shop behind you, I don't know if we can use you. I know that right. that mm-hmm. frame of thinking has changed over the years, especially because of the digital world. It's allowed us to be virtually anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and to provide services on a on a as-needed uh, on-demand basis mm-hmm. um, for our clients wherever they might be. So that's definitely taken the miles issue and the, the proximity issue out of the mix. Um, but I think back in the day that was a big difference. So, mm-hmm. so it was just me being a little bit silly, and now it's just me. Yes, yes. Um, Ayo, but that brought up a New Year's resolution as you were talking that I was thinking about this, and that is to give people what they need, not what you think they want. And I think that that is where we get a little tricky in we want to sell, sell, sell. You know, we've got this widget that we want to sell them and we're going to convince them it's the best widget in the world. We need to convince them why that widget is good for them. You know, and and I think that's where sales and marketing and PR and social media and all of that get mixed up is we just want to hammer it down their throats and convince them it's the best widget in the world as opposed to what is this problem going to solve? You know, what problem do they have that this widget will solve for them? Yeah, and I, I think oftentimes that businesses, um, business leaders think they need something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least it's been my experience in 30 years. Right. And I, I'm entering into my 25th with my own business, my own consulting um, 
business, but over that time, they'll call you and say, I need a news release, or I was told I need a website. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I'm the infamous ask why person, and I always say Mm why. Mm -hmm. Websites are great. Don't, don't argue that one bit and Facebook is awesome and any other social media tool that might be out there but I I think before you jump into all of those things you have to ask the question why mm-hmm. and so oftentimes uh, I had a client a while ago in Chicago that wanted a website wanted a website and my question kept was why well my competitor mm-hmm. have one yeah but you're selling more of these little bits than your competitors are. So right. mm-hmm. why do you want this website? Is it just because you want to look like them? Because in our discussions, we had talked about them not looking like them mm-hmm. from a communication standpoint and the way that they were doing their sales and looking at their communications efforts. So I, when we sat down and said that, that's when they went, oh. I'm like, you can invest in it. it certainly there's an opportunity there. Don't disagree that they can be useful tools, but if you're not going to ever update it, you're not ever going to change it, what is its purpose? Is its purpose an online brochure? Mm-hmm. Great. Know that when you get into the to the mm-hmm. process of that and how you're going to use that tool within your mix. And and that's when they went, I just don't think I really need to go there. Mm-hmm. I think I need to invest over here. And, and so we right. did some other creative things with mm-hmm. them and looking at ways for them to attract some new markets into their business. and. And those were much more successful, I think, than I don't think that necessarily a website would have attracted those. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I, you know, I think we, it's we, an opportunity to look at what your tools right. are and how you can use them. You know, and we hear that so many times. Well, I, I'm there. Or, you know, I should be there because somebody else is. Um, you know, I, every day I hear that. You know, I should be on Facebook because everybody's on Facebook. I should be on Twitter because sure. everybody's on Twitter. Well everybody's not on Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media sites and everybody's not on the internet. So if your demographic isn't there, don't waste your time with it. I mean, you know, you can have some basic information there just so, you know, for those random people who actually do go there. But, you know, I I was talking to somebody who they were trying to reach a target audience of women in their 60s. And they said, should I be on Twitter? Because everybody else is on Twitter. And I said, no. You know, I said, if you want to automate your tweets that are going there, then sure. But don't spend a lot of your time there because that's not who the demographics are. Um, now, if they drilled down a little bit more, they might have discovered that their demographic really was there. Um, but, you know, it's and, and that's where you know we get kind of caught up in, in all of those studies of things is we think, oh, well, you know, people who are on LinkedIn earn an income of over 100,000 and they're 41 and over. Okay, that's the average person. You know, the the biggest growing demographic now on LinkedIn are college students that are coming out of college. They have finally figured out, hello, the professionals are there, so I need to be there too. Um, but, you know, so you really have to look at all of those and, and study those, the whys. And so maybe that's our next New Year's resolution is to take a step back and think, why? You know, why do I, I need to be doing that? Exactly. And and I think you need to to look at how those tools are going to mix for you. I mean, Applewood's a good example. I can mm-hmm. my ag client. When you talk about should I be on Facebook, should I be in the, the the social media realm, they're just beginning to dabble there, and and they've had some long discussions about well, how is this going to drive membership? They're a trade mm-hmm. association, so right? How is this going to drive our membership? And the mm-hmm. reality is, it probably isn't. No. Um, but what it is going to do is drive their advocacy efforts. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they can now connect and have conversations with legislators and mm-hmm. industry leaders and industry partners. And so for them, the social digital world is a very different premise than, for mm-hmm. example, Applewood Plumbing. That's right. very customer-based, very community-based. And so their mix is very, and how they use those tools is very different from how the trade association mm-hmm. is using that. And so right. um, there again, you need to ask the question, why? And, and are, the, are the people that you want to reach there? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, though, as organizations grow up <laughs> and get younger, and mm-hmm. newer people are coming in, as all these digital natives are coming into the workforce, these are tools they do use. Right, and so businesses are going to have to look at how how are we integrating and how are we engaging mm-hmm. um, not only with our employees but how are we engaging with 
the individuals who are out in these workplaces, in these environments. And, and I think that that's going to take a, a bigger toll on, on how social media comes into play. I don't know that it will always look like Twitter or that it will always look like Facebook. I mm-hmm. think those things are going to continue to evolve. Well, obviously, things are changing. They have been changing for the last three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, in ten years even from the infamous, gosh, AOL days, you know, when you had a chat room. So, um, we've certainly come a long way from all of those um, initial tools that were introduced to us. So, I, people just need to better understand all of those different platforms, and how can we mix across them? Mm-hmm. Um, Applewood's pretty pretty crafty, pretty innovative company in that a plumbing company. Um, they introduced an app um, a couple years ago. It's almost three years ago now. Um, to reach a population or a target demographic of that 25 to 35, potentially first-time homeowner, um, for their business. Right. And it, it, it was a perfect fit, and they had great results with that campaign. We, we did some fun return to your, you know, I spy the infamous orange trucks around Denver. They're everywhere, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at how we can incorporate those things that make sense with that demographic target audience and it was a perfect fit. And guess what? It had great results. Right. Um, would it have had the same results with our 60-plus crowd? I don't think so. Um, no, they would have gone app, smartphone, they, app. Well, they've got on, they, that would, they, the question would have been, do they have a cell phone? Let's start right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if then they do, it does it do more than flip mm-hmm. <laughs> open? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I think, to your point, understanding who it is that you're trying to reach is all key, and that comes back to that strategic part of that process. But also asking that question, just really asking the question, why and who is it that we're trying to reach, mm-hmm. and, and how can we do that? Where are they? What are they doing? And how can we be a part of that world? And that we can use dozens of different tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes it exciting, and that makes our our job fun every day. I mean, it's different every day, and it, you can incorporate lots of different creative um, innovative ways to to bring the message to the people that you're trying to reach. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and the cool thing is there are tools within the tools. Um, you know, a Facebook page might not benefit a trade association, but a, a closed group for association members might really be fabulous for them or a LinkedIn group or, you know, all those things. And so that comes back to the why, you know, the why and maybe the what, you know, so they figured out, okay, why they need to be somewhere. So then the next resolution is what, what are we going to do? What are we going to, to be there? Are we the leader? Are we, um, you know, are we just posting content? Are we, you know, what is the, you know, all of those various things. And it's, it's kind of back to the old, uh, PR tactic of who, what, why, where, when, and, you know, and, and then the how much and the other ones. But, you know, you have to go through those with everything that you do. You know, who is your audience? What are you going to say to reach them? Why are you there? Um, you know, and, and all of those things. And I think you do have to adapt and change. Um, you know, it's, it, you mentioned it as people get, you know, as, as the, the, the demographics, as your employees, as your customers get younger and are more used to using these tools, you do have to change, but you know, it, like we said, phone books are still going to be a popular item. Direct mail is still going to be popular. So you can't just completely eliminate unless your target demographic really is a 20 something. Um, you know, then you're not going to advertise in a newspaper. You're probably not going to, to have direct mail. Um, you know, a lot of them don't have anything besides a cell phone. So, you know, it's it's interesting exactly. when I see how people are trying to, to reach people. It's like, eh, you missed your audience. You know, it was a great message, but you missed them. You missed them or, you know, are your tools mobile friendly? Right. Oh, I mean, yes. You can have a great website, but does it come up on a phone? Mm-hmm. And And looking at have you incorporated all of those kinds of planning into your process so that so that your website does have a mobile mm-hmm. look and it does have an, a tablet look and making sure that you're reaching through the tool um, the best way that you can with the best look that you can. I, I think sometimes we lose sight of right. in the end what the end product is going to come out to be. Um, again, I think we're pretty tactile though. People still like to touch, feel, and those kinds of things. And I think that's mm-hmm. where those tablets and phones come in. Right. People still have somewhat well, of a touch feel there. 
And, you know, it's, it's something that you have to continually be looking at. You know, I had a mobile website. I have a mobile website. I hadn't looked at it in a while and it had somehow gotten corrupted. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you, you have to check those things out. What does your website look like on a variety of screens? Um, you know, the, the whole mobile thing. I cringe when I look at somebody's mobile website and they, you have to hunt and find their phone number and then it's not a clickable link. You know, if I'm yeah. on my phone, I don't have in, in many cases a way that I can write down your phone number. But if you've got a button, that says click here to call for your plumbing problem. Ooh, I'm going to do that, you know, because that's, you know, I've got the water gushing everywhere. And if I can call a plumber just by poking a button, that's the easy way to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and I think uh, I, Applewood is a great example of using their tools, one creatively, innovatively, out of the norm for their industry. They certainly are definitely a trendsetter in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and looking at the mix, I mean, they still do quite heavily a lot of direct mailing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tie that back to what's happening on their Facebook page, which is tied back to their electronic and print versions of their newsletters for customers, mm-hmm. um, which is tied back to what the technicians are saying out in the field. I, I, I think they do a really good job mm-hmm. of going across the organization to have a good understanding of what is it that we're trying to do here, um, what are our what are our goals and objectives, and um, here's all the tools that we're going to use to make that happen. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's an important part of the whole planning process. And certainly, you know, in working with them, we review it annually. What are what are you know? We have some things that we do consistently year after year after year, but we also look and say, you know, how can we expand this? How can we uh, how can we tie in better or how can we better leverage our Facebook page? How can we better leverage, you know, should we be leveraging LinkedIn? Does that make sense for us? Or um, is Pinterest a place that we really want to be? Mm-hmm. Those are all things that are out there and tools that are out there, but you have to really evaluate and say, is that really right. where people are going to find me to get my services? Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is <clears throat> most people are looking at us from a, a website perspective, from mm-hmm. our app and and from the phone book, so right. there's where yeah. we focus our activities. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> we certainly do media relations with them. They do a ton of community relations, and that really does contribute back to their business. Um, they know that. They're very active in the communities where they work. They're very resident. They're all residential-based, and, and so it makes sense for them to be active and um, productive participants within those communities where they're working, so... Well, and, you know, to me, community is so important, um, you know, and, and I have businesses that say, well, you know, that's a waste of my time, a waste of my money. Well, no, it's not. Uh, you know, if, if I know that a business has contributed their time, their employees, their effort, whatever, to say the American Red Cross, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's a good company. Or if it's that they are working with the, the children in their community. And part of that is because, you know, it back to we work with people we know, like, and trust. And knowing that they're involved in their community helps me know, for one, that they're, that they're going to stay there. You know, if, if they are a longtime mm-hmm. volunteer or a longtime corporate supporter or, you know, whatever, that means that they're in for the long haul, usually. I mean, you know, things come and go, but they're not the, the you know, the, the roofer who appears just when, you know, there have been tragedies that have <laughs> exactly. happened. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it helps build up that goodwill so that unfortunately, if something bad happens, you've kind of banked that goodwill. You know, if people know that, you know, it, it, bad things happen, that's, that's just going to happen. But if they have known that you are a fine, upstanding corporate citizen, then that helps them to, to, you know, get over some of those things. Um, you know, and, and so to me, community is, is always something that companies need to be involved with. And I don't care if you are a one person, you know, like you and me, you volunteer, you know, or you're the big, huge corporate sponsor of things where you send employees to tutor or you send them to Habitat for Humanity or all those various things. You know, it's 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 those things that really help people understand a little bit more about you and build those relationships. Yeah, and I think also understanding how you fit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all uh, are different. Um, Alpine Orthopedics is a client I'm working on with a, with a fellow PR person, Lisa Cutter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the two of us are working together. But that client, she's an orthopedic surgeon, and one right. of the things that she does is supports the milk program in their school district. Ah, um, perfect because tie-in. Because she found out the kids were they just they didn't have the funds to support that, and mm-hmm. she was like, "But but wait a minute, you know, we need milk for strong bones, and I." prefer not to have to be correcting and doing Mm -hmm. all kinds of things from an orthopedic standpoint. And so for her, that program really makes sense. And it's it's fitting a a really important void. On On another flip side, another community program that they're doing, which is just really an awesome support, again, it's in the school district, the Gunnison County School District, Um, they are providing an athletic trainer. She's partnered with a, a physiotherapy associates, which is an organization, um, physical therapy and training and athletic training, that kind of thing. But they've partnered to provide an athletic trainer to the youth athletes in that school district because the school district is just, quite frankly, too poor to provide that kind of service. Mm-hmm. Many of them here in Denver and I'm sure in Atlanta, too, um, large high schools and, and large school districts, an athletic trainer is just part of the standard status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them in a small community, that's not really true. Yet they're they're seeing a lot of overuse injuries. They're seeing sprains. They're seeing um, kids going out and playing on injured um, ankles or collarbones or whatever it might be um, before they're really healed and ready. And so um, they have taken the initiative to provide this athletic trainer to, um, one, help coaches provide better conditioning, strengthening, and um, training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to have the kids better understand how to make sure that their bodies are healed and healthy and performing at their, you know, capacity and um, maximum performance. So in, in, in all of that, in, in the process, they're preventing injury. And so, again, that's a really logical bridge, a logical link for what they're doing in their business every single day. And they can really speak to that from a very intimate, very close perspective. Right. So I, I think one of the things that businesses need to do is look at what are those causes out there? What are some things that I can do that are a logical link that makes sense for me to participate in that tie back to my business? Mm-hmm. Because it's important that you do leverage those opportunities, not from a point that's um, self-serving necessarily, um, but from a point that it gives people, the, just as you said, the opportunity to build a relationship with you, to understand your philosophy, to understand what kind of individuals you are, that you're in there for the long haul, that you're as invested um, in the communities where you work and serve as, as everybody else who, who lives there and abides by that. So I, I think community relations is one of those tools, and, and of course it's near and dear to my heart because that's one, that one of my fortes, but... In, in learning how to build those partnerships and that community presence can really make a big difference in your business, not necessarily in one moment of time, but over a long period of right. time. Because right. presence presence means being present, and, and that's not just one time, but consistently time and time again. So looking at how you can fit and what makes sense for you mm-hmm. and how to reach those. And then hopefully at the same time you're reaching those target markets and audiences that will impact your business. Right. Well, amazingly, we are almost done. And what I've come up with through this whole process is we need just one New Year's resolution, and that's to be strategic. Um, you know, with everything you're doing, think about why you're doing it, what the outcome will be, you know, measure it, all of those various things. What is your messaging? Um, you know, and, and so be strategic with whatever it is that you're doing. You know, if you're on Facebook, don't be there just to be posting pictures about your grandkids or, you know, the movie that you watched last week. Think of, you know, and granted there are people who that's, that is all that they're doing there. But, you know, I love Jane's posts on Facebook because she doesn't really talk about business, but we know how fun she is to work with by her posts. And we know that her daughter, woohoo, just got engaged. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and all of these things. And, and, you know, so you're not talking business, but we are, you know, getting the, the idea of what a fabulous person you are because you do talk about your Casa kid and, you know, all of the various things. And, and so that's, that's okay to, to just have the personal type posts, but you're strategic about what you do. Um, so as a business, be strategic. Be really thinking about 
What is the outcome? You know, what is it going to cost? You know, it might be that the cost is going to outweigh it. So, you know, then, then try to, to, you know, come up with something different, but be strategic. Make that your one and only New Year's resolution because everything else will come from that. Um, so Jane, one last time, tell people how they find you online. Well, they can find me online at Jane Dvorak APR on Facebook and Twitter, and they can find me at my website, www.jkdjane.com, or they can give me a call, 303-238-3011. Cool. And for those few people who aren't already connected with me, it's pretty easy. Just go to my website, deb. K-R-I-E-R dot com, dot com, or you can find me on all the other various social media sites, but of course I have links from my website. So have a fabulous New Year's, Jane. Thank you so much for coming on. I think we need Thank to have you. you back on in a little bit so that we can touch base to see how people are doing on their New Year's resolutions and maybe provide Hi. them with some, some guidance on, on, and some assistance on some of those things. I would love it. I, I would know. love it. I think that they say so only cool. 8% of the people follow through on their New Year's resolution goals. I know. So we can bump that up. Yes, we want them to be strategic. We want them to plan. We want them to be successful. And so until next time, I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and thank everyone for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. Here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.